This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in-play betting. Watch the action, predict the action and make your best bet with the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us. Cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to breaking down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Stuck back for Arfield. What a Burnley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League. It's something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the fire plays the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. Here goes Mike Conroy. No time for a winner, baby. John Francis! They came to York in their thousands. They're going home as champions. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kennan! Oh, that's Come fantastic! On! 
That is justice at the Amex Burnley are level and deserve to be. Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new season of Turfcast over here. I've had a couple of months off um, since the end of the season and what a season. What a season it was as well. Fantastic. But obviously we move on. We're in the Premier League now. It's going to be a lot tougher um, than what it was last season. I know we, um, fair to say, a lot of us, um, that was our favourite ever season following Burnley. It was mine anyway. Um, I know we've achieved more, finishing seventh and obviously seeing them in the Europa League. Um, but for me, just for sheer enjoyment, that season was was fantastic, partly because of the style of play. Um, but as you can see, like I said, I'm back. I am, I'm just in my kitchen at the minute. Um, as I was just saying to our guest off air, uh, I got the camera out and I've been in different houses and stuff. So um, there's hopefully going to be uh, some new stuff in the studio soon or even a new studio, um, we'll find out. But hopefully uh, for the next couple of weeks, just me and my kitchen's all right for you guys, I'm sure it is. I'm kind of like the Luton town of podcasts at the minute, just not quite ready, not got the stuff ready just yet. Um, but it's me, and that's why we're all watching it, it's me. And of course, my fantastic guests. Um, and that brings me on nicely um, to what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Obviously, the first new face in the door this summer was Dora O'Shea. We got him from West Brom. Um, he was the West Brom captain last season. Um, he's a centre-back. Um, and not, not the first signing we made. Obviously, uh, Bayer was made permanent and so was Obafeme. But he's the first new face through the door. Uh, and obviously, a guy that some Burnley fans and quite a lot of Burnley fans won't know too much about because he's not obviously been at Burnley for the last season. Um, like Bayer and Obafeme, or in his case, the six months, have. Um, so we will get more information on the new signing now by bringing in Louis Bent, and he's from the Baggies podcast. How you doing, mate? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, thanks, mate. A lot better now the season's fast approaching. <laughs> Started to get excited again for it. Um, I just wish we'd announce a new kit um, and maybe some <laughs> more new signings as well. Um, but yeah, it's about two weeks ago since we announced Dora, but I was on a podcast holiday or uh, sabbatical, uh, as we'll call it. Um, so this is the first chance... I've had to be able to get someone on and discuss it. Um, and we always ask the important questions first here on Turfcast, Lewis. So the first thing you notice about Dara is his teeth. They're beautiful, aren't they? They are some fantastic teeth. Yeah, they, they weren't so beautiful a few months ago. I think he might have had a trip to, to Turkey or somewhere like that yeah, to get those so. done because he used to have these little sort of buck teeth at the front. But now he's he's got these brilliant veneers at the front. And I saw it on the... A little interview you did on on your club uh, on your club channels, and I saw these brilliant veneers. I was like, oh my god, what's he had done there? But yeah, it, they're beautiful. They're beautiful now. They weren't so beautiful maybe when he broke through into the first team a couple of years ago. No, he's gone full Brendan Rodgers, hasn't he? I remember when uh, Brendan got a move to Liverpool. Um, he, that's what he did. He, he ended up going somewhere, getting some fantastic team. Um, but no, in all seriousness, let, let's talk about him. Obviously, as a player, um, describe him to me. What what sort? Of, obviously, like I said, he's a defender. He's a centre back. What sort of centre back is he? So if you'd maybe asked me this before last season, I'd have probably said just very standard head kick, defend, no nonsense at the back. Um, very tough. I think I'd have probably I'd probably still use that now. But over the last season, we've seen a real sort of development of O'Shea under Carlos Corbran, where he's become a real ball playing centre back, which I can probably see is why uh, yourselves and Vincent Company have been you know attracted to him. And I think he probably suits Maybe obviously company might alter things a little bit as moving into the Premier League, but certainly ball playing is something that's really uh, been a massive part of his game over the past year uh, and the past season under Corbran. But I think 
really head kicking and defending, you know, the, the basics of defending. I think he's always been very, very good at. We saw that from the first time he really came into the first team. The first His debut uh, in the first team was against Brentford. Uh, he had to come on because I think it was a Jai who got injured at half time uh, under Slavin Bilic. This was a couple of seasons ago when we got promoted. Yeah. And he had to come on and he marshaled Ollie Watkins, obviously playing in the championship then, which was a massive task. I think it was the division's top scorer that year. And it was absolutely brilliant marshalling him for, I think it's about 45 minutes he played. He came on at half time, I believe. So, yeah, we saw that from day one. And we've obviously seen his toughness, his his sort of uh, soldier-like nature at the back become really prominent and obviously becoming a real leader at the back for Albion at, at such a young age as well. So, yeah, I think that's that's always been a big thing for me with Dara. He's always been uh, for defending first and foremost, but I think Core Brown's really helped develop his game and I have no doubts that the company will, will obviously continue that development with with in terms of playing out from the back. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned they're playing out from the back as well. Um, that's obviously perfect for us, like you said, we saw last season. That's 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 how we're going to play it, invite teams onto us and then try and break the lines. Um, it's not just passing it out from the back in the way that we do that, though. You may have noticed last season, Jordan Bayer is fantastic at it. So with Taylor Howard Bellis. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame that Taylor's had to go back to Man City. Um, but what they, they, they can do is they don't just pass it out from the back, but they will run past the strikers. If a striker's on running yeah. towards attack them they'll, they'll just dribble it past them it's fantastic and then that's even better than passing down the back because they've broken the lines and then we've got more men ahead of them is that something you can do as well is he good at running out with the ball from the back yeah so what as you say there he, he's he, he what i've seen a couple of times is that he likes to sort of wait for the striker to kind of make that run towards him and then yeah. he'll he's very good at changing his direction he's got a very good balance very good agility so he's he was really good at sort of just changing his direction very quickly, uh, sort of doing a little, maybe like, like a, a dummy pass and then just moving over to the other side and taking the ball away uh, out the other side. So, yeah, I, I say he's pretty good at that. And I think he's obviously, if that's something the company's looking for, and that's probably something company's seen in him, he's obviously very good at dummying and, and moving past strikers. And it's quite, um. so we, we had Johnny Evans from Manchester United a few, a few years ago, and he was brilliant at doing it. And I think O'Shea really reminds me of that in the way that he's so good at sort of using a bit of a slight of, you know, slight direction changes and, and just putting the striker off, moving them one way and then taking the ball the other. So, yeah, absolutely. I think moving the ball out from the back and carrying it, maybe, I think he'd be I think he'd be very good at it. And he's shown that for quite a few times for Albion. Yeah, happy days. Some glowing references there. Um, obviously, Albion captain, was it last season or had it been for a couple of seasons? Yeah, so he had it a little bit... Um, so he had it at the start of this season. I think it was against Hull uh, under Steve Bruce. He became the captain for the first time. I think that was simply due to... Uh, personnel being missing but then I think they saw okay. maybe a little bit in him and obviously all the time that Corbrand's been in charge um, and Jake Livermore who's now been released has not been on the pitch he's he's been the captain so yeah uh, I think that's that, that's definitely a this season thing I think he was I think he was um, Carl Bartley was vice captain at the start of this season but O'Shea has kind of taken that over him so Livermore, Jake Livermore's always been club captain for the past few seasons but Bartley yeah. was vice captain but we noticed towards the end of the season when Bartley came back from his injury that O'Shea still had the armband so all that, I thought that was quite interesting that obviously he kind of take, took the captain's armband obviously when Jake Livermore wasn't playing which, which he wasn't at all really last season under Corbrand so yeah this is this is quite a recent thing really this se last season but I think he's definitely earned it he's definitely sort of by his time in terms of waiting for his opportunity not only just to i mean last season he got a, a pretty bad injury which kept him out for a long period of time and meant that um he didn't play didn't play very much at all so i think that that, that might have um 
sort of helped buy his patience and keep him keep him sort of keen to to keep to to come back into the team and, and obviously claim that captain's armband, which I think we've all kind of seen in him from day one, a bit of a leader. He's always talking <laughs> at the back, always yeah. sort of barking orders. So he's definitely for such a young lad as well. He was very shy when he first came into the first team, but he's re you've really we've sort of really watched him grow and develop from from yeah. being that sort of young lad at the back to being a, a real staple in in the defence. Yeah, well, that was my next question then about that, how much of a leader, leader he is. You obviously answered it there in terms of embarking orders and stuff. But is he a good organiser? Is he organising as well at the back? Would you say he's, he's been the one that's been organising your defence for the last couple of seasons? Yeah, I think um, so. Him and Bartley played together at the start of Corbrand's reign. And I think they played together quite a bit last season as well under Ishmael, but before O'Shea got injured, obviously. I think yeah. he played the first sort of 10 games of the season and then suffered a pretty bad injury, which kept him out for for, the, for most of the campaign. And then obviously he came back in Steve Bruce as the manager, which was probably a bit of a shock. But um, with O'Shea, I think uh, when him and Bartley have played together, I think you can kind of see that he learns a lot from So Bartley is, is very head kick defend. He's not really ball playing yeah. at all. He's sort of, you know, big lump at the back. He likes to just get his, get his yod on the end of anything really. But I think, um, I think he's learnt a lot from Bartley in terms of organising because Bartley's very much a talker and not very much of a doer, if that makes sense. So he does lots of talking, but we're not very much doing it himself. And I think O'Shea's kind of learnt a bit, not not from that, but I think he's learnt a lot of the talking from Bartley and sort of organising. When it's been him and Ajayi at the back, O'Shea and Ajayi, when it was that partnership, I think um, you kind of see that O'Shea's more vocal of the two. So he kind of steps into the sort of Bartley role I'll say as of doing the talking so when it's Bartley and O'Shea I think Bartley's the loud sort of louder one even though O'Shea's probably the captain at that point but I think when he's playing alongside Ajay or Eric Peters of course you'll be familiar with him he's played alongside him yeah. last season quite a bit but um, I think O'Shea's always the louder one out of anybody else but Bartley if that makes sense but I think that's more of a reflection on Bartley than it is on on O'Shea really. Yeah, I know Bartley quite well. I, I used to cover Leeds United back in uh, a previous uh, life, and obviously when he was there, it sounds like he's not changed much. Um, no. But uh, well, obviously, the next question is: is my sort of like not worry, but my main concern is: can he do it in the Premier League? Like, do you think he's going to be able to go step into the Premier League? Like, I don't even know if he's going to be number one choice yet. By the way, like, I, I think it's we might even play three at the back, but that's probably a debate to have with a, with a Burnley fan rather than yourself. Um, but do you think he's, he's capable of, of stepping into the Premier League and doing everything that you've just, you know, given a glowing reference of? You know, he's defending, he's ball playing, he's dribbling. Mm -hmm. Do you think he can do all that against better opposition in the Prem? I think I think he's kind of on that sort of edge of being top championship <clears throat> to really low Premier League. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I remember him in the Premier League under Sam Allardyce. He played uh, a fair bit and he was always the one that was subbed off, which was really weird. So Allardyce, every time he tried to move to a five at the back system, He'd play O'Shea's sort of the right centre back in that. Allardyce was would all, when it didn't work basically when we shipped three goals by half time. He'd always bring O'Shea off rather than any of the other centre backs. Yeah. I found it a little bit weird. And Allardyce every time in the press conferences afterwards, he'd explain that decision. He'd go, you know, I'm sorry it had to be Dara because he was actually you know one of the better players on the pitch before he got subbed off. So I think he definitely showed a lot of promise in the Premier League. I think it was more of that head kick defend <laughs> nature. So I think. What he's yeah. going to find a little bit more tricky is when he's asked to play out from the back, whether it be passing, dribbling out from the back, is can he sort of, you know, the Premier League presses are obviously going to be more organised than the Championship ones. They're going to be more uh, difficult to break through. And I think that's going to be O'Shea's biggest task. Can he break through the presses in, in the way that he has done with pretty much ease at the cham at Championship level? And yeah, it's quite difficult to tell, but I think the way he's done it at championship level, I don't see there's any reason why he can't take that. I think the head kick defending he's always been good at, and we saw that in the Premier League at times. 
under both Bilic and Allardyce. But I think if you sort of look at um, if you sort of look at the way he's carried the ball out from the back, passed the ball out from the back in the championship, I think the way he's taken to that so well in such a short space of time, I think that he can. I think he could definitely step up, step up and do it in the Premier League. No doubts about his sort of defending ability. It's more yeah. about the ball playing side of things. What because that's quite new to him, uh, especially under under Corbran. That's quite a new thing for everybody at Albion because we haven't we yeah. didn't do that. We didn't we tried to do it under Bruce. We weren't very good at it, and then we tried to we weren't we weren't doing it at all under Ishmael before that. But so yeah, I think um, I think with uh, with O'Shea, I think it's can he step that side of his game to Premier League level? I think he's defending already is. I think it's just can he step the passing up, and I think. He'll find that difficult at first, maybe, but I think company. Obviously, we've seen the talent that he's got as a manager. I think he can definitely sort of coach him into how to do it at top flight level. Yeah, no, interesting. Obviously, you kind of like find yourselves in a similar position to us. Obviously, we had Dash for years, didn't do any anything like that. Um, so some mm. of some of the lads that have still been there, that have been something that they had to change. Obviously, we had a big turnover in players last season, also. Yeah. There wasn't too many players left. Uh, you mentioned there that Alavas had, had taken him off when he changed system from three at the back to what I presume mm. would be two centre backs. Um, is that is that something to do with the system then? Was he taking um, O'Shea out of it because he wasn't comfortable in a t- in a four or a two at the back? Like, what sort of system is he best playing in? Yeah, so at the at the time he looked a little bit uncomfortable. If I have to be honest, I think there were times where we'd be parts. Of, O'Shea is very good at uh, uh, box defending, so when he sat on the edge of the eighteen yard box and opposition mm. say we're sat in a Corbrand liked to basically whenever we we were attacked, we just sit in this into this sort of low block, and he'd be really good at that. Allardyce was trying to get us to play, surprisingly for Allardyce, I must say, trying to get us to play a little bit higher up the pitch. And O'Shea, basically, there was always this massive gap between whoever the middle centre-back was and O'Shea. And this ball, I think it was against Fulham, I remember it quite well. Um, and they kept playing this ball through to whoever it was playing right wing. And O'Shea was always the guy that was caught out of the line of the defence and sort of had this massive gap between him and the middle centre-back. And I think that's why Allardyce put him off. I'd say he's, he was very comfortable at under Ishmael playing in a three at the back, which is why that sort of period of time confuses me so much when I look back at it, because he was so yeah. comfortable playing for Ishmael on the right of that back three. So I think it was him on the right, Bartley in the middle. I think he was playing Kipre even on the left-hand side of that back three. So, yeah, I think um, I think he's definitely more comfortable in the four, um, which I think is what you been playing so that's probably helpful quite a lot for, for you guys but um yeah he's he's always um he's always very comfortable in that four at the back and he's played four at the back under Corbran under Bruce so I think he's definitely more comfortable there even though he did look quite at ease during Ishmael's reign but obviously that was only about 10 games before he got injured so yeah I'd say definitely more comfortable in a four but uh, a three I'd say is pretty capable but that period as I say under Allardyce where he was really sort of all at sea at times in the games uh I, does confuse me a little bit <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Uh, just looking at his stats, obviously played 96 times for you guys, according to Wikipedia. Um, that's where I get all my stats. Um, so that, that could be wrong. Um, but scored seven goals as well. I presume these are bullet headers from corners. Is, is he one of them that likes to go up for a corner? Yeah, he loves a corner. Uh, he's always sort of very aggressive in corners. So the goals that he scored, I mean, you, I'm sure you'll be able to find them on YouTube somewhere. But he's always kind of that the goals that he's scored, he's always being marked, but he's always got that one over on his marker. He's always literally shoving his marker into the net alongside mm. the ball. So he's very aggressive in those situations as he is in defensive situations. But yeah, definitely going forward from corners, he's got a lot going for him. Very good movement. He likes to, I think he, under Bilic, he was always going to the near post. I think that was kind of his instructions. He was very good at getting that sort of flick on towards the back post yeah. and it would sort of evade everybody. I think that happened sort of two or three times that season in that half the season that O'Shea, he actually ended up playing right back quite a lot during that season. 
yeah so there's another maybe position that could possibly be used for, for O'Shea um, but he was playing right back at that point he was just sort of coming through and as I said that was his breakthrough for uh, at Albion but he was always drifting towards the near post, getting that flick on and that header would just sort of evade everybody and just end up in the top corner. It was really weird and he kept doing it um, and, and nobody really cottoned on to him. This was sort of lockdown football, so everybody, uh, there's no fans in the ground or anything. So he was he was just sort of drifting yeah. towards the near post, getting that flick on and, and scoring goals. But yeah, I think that this season he scored a, a couple from, from either corners or free kicks and he was kind of just shoving his man and the ball into the back of the net. So, yeah, he's very aggressive from those set-piece situations. Not the, not maybe the tallest O'Shea. I think he's just over six foot. But, as I say, just very aggressive. He's got a lot of uh, lot of, sort of warrior spirit in him. That means he's going to get to the ball first, whoever's in front of him. You know, even if it's a six-foot-six centre-back, he's going to try and try and beat them in the air, even if, he, yeah. even if he doesn't quite manage it. But, yeah, as I say, he's very aggressive. Got very good movement in those situations. And he's always trying to get the better of his man. And, yeah, even if they are six-foot-six, he certainly doesn't see them as any challenge whatsoever yeah fair enough six foot one according to wikipedia so maybe okay. get some things right every now and then um but yeah i just want to ask as a west Brom fan how you feel about him leaving like do you, do you think it's um a shame to see him leave like he's, he's been with you guys for a long time just just looking at his stats um since 2015 uh, as a youngster in, in his youth and um, had a few loan spells one at erifield one at exeter where he played quite a lot at exeter um, of course, as, as I've just mentioned, played 96 times for you guys. Uh, is it going to leave a bit of a hole or are you just happy to get the money in and then hopefully try and, and you know, bring some more talent in? Yeah, it's it, it's sad to see him go because, as I say, he was the best centre-back last season by far. I think he's the most suited to Corbrand's style of play, which last season towards the end was was playing out from the back. I think he was the best defender that we had and have or, or not had anymore. But, you know, he's the best defender at doing that yeah. that we had in the squad. Um, and uh, yeah, as you say, he's been with us for ages. I think we picked him up as a sort of youngster from from Ireland, and we brought him over. Yeah. And he's obviously he had that really good loan spell at Exeter, where he was fantastic. Um, and that was kind of the making of him uh, to come through and develop in the first team. I think about a season later. So yeah, I think we'll miss him a lot. I think he's a player, a, a character as well that we'd miss a lot around the dressing room, but also in terms of his ability, I think he's the best. As I say, at doing what Carlos Gorbrand wants to do at playing out from the back, but. Yeah, I think he's a big hole. He's, you know, obviously with our ownership at the moment, we probably need as much money first. I think getting a first sale through the door was probably the best the, the best way to kind of balance the books, if you get what I mean. So I think yeah. O'Shea going for whatever it was, seven or eight million, I think was probably the best thing for, for, for us to just get that money through the door so we can try and build a little bit of a better squad for next season, a more balanced squad, certainly. We're quite well covered in the centre-back area. We've got uh, Shemi Ajayi, Cedric Kipre, Carl Bartley, got Caleb Taylor who's coming off the back of a really impressive loan at Cheltenham Town so there's some good options there none of them are quite as good as Dara that's that's that, you know there's no doubt about that but we'll certainly miss him quite a lot and obviously it's, it's sad to see him go but at the end of the day he's probably the probably was the most high valued member of the squad uh, at championship mm. level you know eight million pounds for a player or seven or eight million whatever it was um to get him back was was brilliant and I think he'll obviously look forward to we'll look forward to seeing him in the Premier League and hopefully he starts for you guys because yeah as I say still I don't think he's quite hit ceiling yet as a player I think there's still more no, to come yeah. from him and I think <clears throat> under the guidance of a manager like Vincent Company I think he'll do really well as I say I can only really sing his praises because he's been absolutely fantastic for us from from day one uh, his application and obviously coming back from two big injuries last season and, and the season mm. before, I think, you know, it's just it's just testament to his character, how well he's come back and sort of just taken to 
taken to the to, to the matches so well. So yeah, we'll we'll as I say we'll miss him really. We'll miss him dearly. But we have got we are well stacked at centre back, and I think that's one of the reasons. Uh, aside from the money and sort of balancing the books, is, is probably why we've let him go. Um, but yeah, sad to see him go. But I'm sure he'll he'll be absolutely brilliant for you guys. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Um, you mentioned there he's not quite hit his ceiling as well, and obviously he's only 24, um, so he's not in his prime just yet. Probably will be. I think he signed yeah. a four-year contract at Burnley, so he'll be getting towards his prime as that contract ends. Um, how good do you think he can be? Because, of course, he's already played about, what, 20 times um, for Ireland. Um, do, do you think he can just keep continuing to improve? And obviously, like you said, playing under Vincent Company as well, one of the, you know, the, the great one of the greatest Premier League centre backs yeah. of all time. Is it a Hall of Famer? Put it that way. Um, so, how, how good do you think he can he can he can get on under Company and as as he gets towards his prime? I say I'd say probably mid table centre back. I think is is where we're kind of looking with O'Shea. Um, I think at the moment he's probably a very low low Premier League centre back. Um, but I think with company's guidance, obviously, if you stay up, that's obviously big bonus. Um, he, he'll probably be able to. Uh, he'll probably have had a great season if you if you guys stay up and if he's been starting. Yeah. So I think probably mid table centre back. I think is where we're looking with, with O'Shea in terms of potential in the Premier League. Um, and as you say, under under company, you can only see him really flourishing. Obviously. Paul Brown's a fantastic coach, but obviously there's there's a, one of the greatest Premier League, as you say, one of the greatest Premier League centre-backs of all time in company coaching him. I think there's going to be a little bit more of a ceiling to O'Shea maybe than he would have had at Albion uh, under Corbrand. Obviously, Corbrand's a fantastic coach and wouldn't wouldn't have a bad mouth him. But I think Company has been a centre back in you know in his in his career in his playing career. I think he's only going to have a positive effect on O'Shea in the way that he plays and the way. Obviously, Company's worked under you know the best some of the best coaches in the world and, and especially Pep Guardiola in the way that they obviously playing out from the back. I think that's going to be. Obviously, I have my doubts about maybe whether O'Shea can move up a division in terms of that ball playing, but I think Company maybe. In hindsight, with company holding this hand, maybe that's probably uh, going to help him quite a lot. So I'd say probably mid-table Premier League, which I think is probably uh, you know brilliant for you guys if he if he if he can step up to that level. Yep, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it then, mate. Really, thank you. There's been a lot of good chat there from you. It makes me quite excited to see Dara. Like I said, <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite sure if he will be starting. Um, it depends on, on who we bring in and and, um, and whatnot. Uh, but of course, it is a Burnley podcast. So what I always like to do is like to round it off by asking sort of questions about Burnley. You might not know too much about them. That's fair enough. I don't know too much about West Brom. But um, obviously, looking ahead to the new season and for what you saw from us last season, how do you think we're going to do in the Premier League? Are you thinking Burnley might struggle to stay up? Are you thinking they'll stay up quite comfortably? I think you'll stay up with with relative ease. I'd say like a, a 15th or a 16th, you know, just mm. not quite in that dogfight, but you know, just above, I'd say, you'd, I'd say you'll have 40 points, you know, with, with a couple of weeks to go from, from the end of the season, I reckon. Yeah, happy days, I'll take that. I'll take that. There's a few Burnley fans getting carried away talking about top 10, but I'll, 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 take, stay, I'll take stay up with relative ease, definitely. Yeah. Um, just look, just looking at the Prem, there's some weak sides in there. Um, Bournemouth, Luton, um, Everton at the minute, I do worry for them, um, but they, they have got Sean Dyche, um, who you know is a legend in these parts. Um, so I'll be interested to see what they do. Um, but just before we do go, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, where they can listen to your stuff, watch your stuff? Yes, yeah, so we're on the Baggies podcast, basically wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think we're even on Threads now. So yeah, basically yeah. anywhere that you, anywhere that you can get your podcasts, or just search the Baggies podcast. We're basically everywhere. We do podcasts every week on West Brom. Uh, sadly, we won't be talking about Dara anymore. But yeah, uh, mm -hmm. basically wherever you get your podcast from, we'll we'll be on there basically. But yeah, thanks so much for having me. 
No, it's been a pleasure, mate. Just a quick shout out. You can now follow Turfcast on threads as well. I said that last <laughs> week as well. So that's to get down with the times. It's hard work, though, isn't it, mate? Because you put something up on Facebook, you're like, right, I'll put it on Twitter. Uh, oh, you have to put it on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Then you, then and you now you've got another one. Like, and I, oh, threads, I put it on threads. I've not used threads properly yet. I just keep like putting random crap on there. I'm like, oh, I have to keep it ticking along. Um, hopefully, I'll, I'll um, I'll get somebody else in to help. But uh, yeah, we see. But mate, it's been a pleasure. It's been a good chat. Like I said, um, you're quite knowledgeable on, on Dari. Made him sound like a very, very good player who, who can do well for Burnley. Um, just fingers crossed um, for you. He plays quite a lot for us, but uh, I'm not sure yet how that's going to be because I think there's going to be a few new more signings. Um, coming through the door this week, including Cooler Ballet, who's quite young, a lot younger than Dara, so I doubt if he came in ahead of him. Uh, but James Trafford as well, um, after his heroics on um, Saturday with the Under-21 mm. Championships. But, mate, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Good luck for next season. Uh, and if we sign any more, any more of your lads, uh, we'll see you later on in the year. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.